you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about Greg Locke's witch hunt saga from start to finish. Bianca Gracia, candidate for Congress, telling her voters that you'll go to heck if you don't vote for her. Mike Lindell seemingly having a full breakdown over his election conspiracy on live TV. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Owen, I have this brilliant idea for you, and it is to send money to the Hank Kuhnemans and um, that long-haired Robin whatever his name is, Donald Trump. Robin Bullock, yeah. Small donations. Take a mailbox and have, have their paraphernalia and their uh, propaganda sit there and really sift through it and see how the hell these people are culting people in. Thanks. Bye. Actually, a really good idea, and and I tried to do that. A while back, Mike Huckabee was shouting out this patriotic education pamphlet and, and books that were made for kids and stuff. I tried to get my hands on it. Here's the problem with a lot of it. If you give them your bank account information, they continue taking money out of your bank account against your will. Donald Trump famously got busted for doing that. He, you know, you'd send one donation and he continued taking money out every month. And there was no cancel subscription button. Same with uh, the Mike Huckabee thing that he shouted out a while back. The patriotic education stuff. There's no unsubscribe option. So what I did was I created a virtual card with like some website, privacy.com or something. I created a virtual card and tried to pay with that. Didn't work. They wouldn't allow it. I got a Visa gift card from Amazon, tried to use that. Didn't work. You have to give them a valid debit card and they try to do a pending charge of a high amount or something just to make sure the money is there, even though it's supposed to be a dollar. It was only for a dollar that they were charging for this stuff. It won't work unless you give them your real bank account information. And also, I don't want them to have my address either. Getting a P.O. box is a little bit of a complicated mess in my area. So, I mean, it's all scams. It's scams all the way down. And I honestly don't want to be scammed. So I tried to find a safe way to do it. And they have put protections in place specifically designed to prevent you from getting this stuff in a safe way so that you won't be scammed. So until somebody, I mean, someone can send it in to me but, or something if they like bought this stuff originally when they believed it, feel free to send it in. But don't put your own card at risk. Don't put your own bank account at risk. I'm not going to put my stuff at risk just for that. But it absolutely would be fascinating to sift through some of their propaganda. Hey, Owen, this is Daniel from California. Um, I had an interesting question. When was the last time you went to a kingdom hall before you deconverted? Uh, I deconverted from Catholicism. My last time going to church was in uh, January 2015, although I don't remember the exact date. But anyway, I like your show. I think that's an interesting question. Bye. Yeah, I appreciate that. That is actually an interesting question. I had to think about this. I've been to the kingdom hall a few times 
after converting or after deconverting because my mom wanted to bring Kylie to it one time. So I decided to go with her. I didn't want her going without me, basically. So I went. That was the one time I went. I don't remember. I've been there a few times, two or three times since I left the religion behind. But before that, I believe I actually fully deconverted, fully stopped believing in 2011. I think. And before that, I stopped going because I was like disfellowshipped and stuff in 2009, maybe. So yeah, it's been 13 years since I stopped believing somewhere in there. 12, 12 or 13 years, I think. I couldn't give an exact day for sure. But yeah, I just stopped going one day and that was the end of it. Best decision I ever made in my life. Hey, Owen, it's Lou. This is for you, not the chat. Uh oh, <laughs> sorry, chat. You're gonna hear it anyways. Let's hear it, Lou. Lay it on me. Um, I've, hopefully you could make like a, a second twitch for the gaming stuff. It just kind of gets weird seeing all of it mixed together. Your regular shows with your gaming stuff in the same Twitch channel. Love you, man. Bye. I get it. I understand. The reason that I do both together, the gaming stuff and the political stuff. The reason I mix them is because. If I don't meet a certain threshold of streams per week or hours streamed per week, I can't monetize, I can't have subscribers, people can't cheer with bits or any of that stuff. They can't have channel points, I don't think. So I open it up to gaming also so that I will meet the minimum threshold of hours streamed and days, individual days streamed. So that I can have subbies and bits and cheering and all of that other stuff. That's the reason that I mix the two. I agree, it's not ideal. But I don't know, I have fun with the gaming stuff. And I talk about serious topics when I do the gaming. It's a good opportunity for people to like come in and ask me questions and talk to me about you know my viewpoints on this thing or that thing. So when I'm doing the gaming stuff, it's a good opportunity for that. By the by, I'm going to be streaming on Tuesday and Thursday this week. So come... Come watch and talk to me while I stream. Just chit-chat for a while. Hey, uh, it's Lou in Missouri. I'm just sitting here listening to some jazz, and it crossed my mind. Um, I asked the other week uh, that about if Trump's uh, loyalists, the politicians, if you will, are possibly using voice applications like um, Cameo to cover their tracks by adding more voice data for the FBI to have to go through and things like that. That's more the question I was wondering if you could ponder on more, more precisely. Thanks, bud. Love you. Yeah, I guess I kind of weaseled my way out of that question originally. I, I don't remember exactly what my response was when you asked this before, but the question was, is it possible that people are using Cameo, like these right-wing thought leaders, are using Cameo to create more stuff for the FBI to sift through? Maybe plausible deniability to some degree, something like that. I don't think so. I don't think that's really an aspect or, or whatever. I don't think that's a part of it, in my opinion. I think Cameo is just another way for them to bring in money off of their brand, which I, you know, I have nothing against that. Some of these people are asking way more than I feel they should 
probably be asking. Like, Caitlyn Jenner is outside of the political sphere more than the person I think that you're referring to here. But Caitlyn Jenner charges like $3,000 per cameo message or some ridiculous thing like that. My God, who has $3,000 to solicit a 30-second video from anybody, let alone Caitlyn Jenner? My God. Anyway, more more directly to the point, I don't think that's part of it. Maybe it is. It's hard to know for sure what their motivations are and stuff like that. But uh, if I had to guess, I would say they're probably just trying to make money off their brand rather than come up with plausible but uh, plausible deniability. Who knows? Maybe that's an aspect to it. Maybe maybe that's a part of it. Hey, this is Brady from Pennsylvania. I wanted to ask about your wedding. Uh, since it was, I assume, a secular wedding, because you and your wife are both atheists, I was just wondering uh, what went down, because I've never actually been to a secular wedding before, and I was just curious how it goes. I'm an atheist, and I would love to have one in the future, so I'm just very curious, so thank you. Have a good day. Yeah, I appreciate the voicemail. Well, that's the interesting thing about weddings, right? They are almost, by definition, like really religious and the whole premise behind it is bizarre the father of the bride walks the the woman down the aisle and effectively passes custody of her to this new man right like he's giving up custody of this woman to this new person who's now responsible for her actions and thoughts and well-being uh, it's just very weird. I mean, if you think that's a weird description, then go to a wedding. If you haven't been to one in a while, go to one and watch how things play out and the things that they say and their body language and everything. It's all very, very weird when you think about it. And to your point, it's kind of difficult to separate the religious aspects from the non-religious underlying premise. At my wedding... It was very small. It was just a few people because it was in the middle of COVID for one thing. And for another thing, I didn't want to blow $30,000 on a wedding. I, I, I felt like that was poor financial planning. So anyway, we basically walked down to this thing, this little arch, I guess you could call it. And we stood under the arch called Wagner Cove at Central Park. We went to Wagner Cove stood under the arch, and the person that we got to do it, they were a wedding officiant, I think is what it was called. Uh, they were non-religious, or they were supposed to be, but when they came up, they actually pulled out two bells, and they rang the bells against each other and said, this is a symbol of something Buddhist. I don't even know what it was. But the general idea behind it was you're, you two are joining because you love each other and you promise to take care of each other and stay with each other forever because this thing or that thing, whatever. It was just a general, you know, you love each other and you're going to stay together forever type of thing that they laid out. Um, cut all of the religion out of it. Uh, my wife's dad didn't walk her down any aisles to pass custody to me. There's nothing about passing custody or any of that other stuff. It was just, there's so much weird stuff about weddings that we completely cut out. The officiant gave a little speech. We read our vows. I read mine, she read hers. Then we exchanged rings. 
and then we went home. That was about it. Actually, we went on a boat ride, I think, afterward. Yeah, that, yeah, we did. We went on a boat ride. So anyway, yeah, that's how we did it. Um, would recommend, 10 out of 10, would do again for sure. Uh, well, hopefully I won't be doing it again. Hopefully, I, I, I doubt it, yeah. I think uh, my wife and I are really good, so definitely won't be doing it again. This is from Catherine. Hi, Owen. Really enjoy your videos. After reading some comments online and articles, I wanted to get your opinion on something that's been bugging me for a while. What is your opinion on new atheists? Apparently, Richard Dawkins, whom you've mentioned on your channel before, is one. The criticisms I've seen call them out as fundamentalist atheists, the promotion of complete annihilation of religion. I've even read that they're okay with violence against religion if needed. They make religion out to be a cult and have been called Islamophobic. From what I've seen, they seem to use some pretty intolerant rhetoric. One article I read said that Dawkins' preface for The God Delusion, his aim was to make theists reading it atheists. Isn't this proselytizing? Isn't this the same as Christian fundamentalists who want, a, who want complete annihilation of other beliefs? Doesn't this just further promote the us versus them rhetoric that they accuse Christians of having? Or have I missed something entirely? Thanks, Katie. I can't speak to new atheists, quote unquote. I don't know anything about like a new atheists movement or who's a part of it or what how they feel about things. I can tell you that there are militant atheists out there who are angry and approve of violence against other groups. That kind of intolerance and extremism exists in every single movement on planet Earth, just about. And I call it out when I see it. I just don't see it very often. In fact, nearly never. In fact, I think maybe I've heard a single news story about somebody like getting really, really actually getting violent over their atheistic beliefs. It's so incredibly rare. Generally, what the atheist movement wants is freedom from persecution by religious people. And in an ideal world, let me frame it this way for you. In an ideal world, Scientology wouldn't exist, right? In an ideal world, we could talk to these Scientologists who are really extreme and unhinged from reality and have these bizarre beliefs, and we could help them navigate their way out of these strange ideas. Or QAnon. In an ideal world, we wouldn't have QAnon members anymore. In an ideal world, we wouldn't have flat earthers. We'd be able to talk them out of their beliefs and reason with them and help them find their way back to, to reality, back to the shared reality that we're all in together. Because right now, they don't seem to be. Right now, QAnon members are going off about blood sacrifices of Satanists and adrenochrome and all of this crazy nonsense makes no sense at all i think what richard dawkins was saying in his book the god delusion is he wants to help people find their way out of their belief system that he believes to be untrue the same way that i want to help people find their way out of QAnon. in an ideal world QAnon wouldn't exist in an ideal world we'd be able to reason them out of these beliefs i completely agree with that I am an atheist. In an ideal world, I would like to see people come to the realization that they don't know. They don't know what's beyond the grave or whatever. They don't know if there's a God out there. Admit that. Admit you don't know there, that if there is a God or not. Admit that the Bible is full of errors and honestly has 
no useful moral precepts that it doesn't reverse a chapter later, that the morals that you believe in are from you, not from the Bible. That's how you could tell they were good morals, because you already believed them to be when you read them. Admit those things, and we're good. That's what I want in an ideal world, for people to come to those realizations. Now, I understand I'm not going to be able to talk everybody out of religion, and that's fine. That's fine with me, really. I, I don't want to. If you have these deeply held religious beliefs, that's okay. Fight with me against extremist groups like QAnon, Scientology, Jehovah's Witnesses. Fight alongside me to try to help people find their way out of these groups, and I'm satisfied. You want to go to church every week and listen to your pastor tell stories about the Bible? Totally okay with me. That's the approach that I take personally. And that's all I can really tell you. I can't defend Richard Dawkins or his positions because I don't really like the guy that much and I don't know that much about his positions and I don't get into the habit of defending other people's reputations. So I can't speak to Richard Dawkins specifically, but that's my take on it. And I do, I do not view that as proselytizing. Uh, you'd have to view what I do as proselytizing if you viewed that as proselytizing. But that's my take. Next one is from Chandler. I have a question for you. I was wondering if you have an explanation as to why, in your opinion, pro-lifers just can't seem to keep their noses out of people's business. The reason why I ask is because I think the whole thing is about the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade is completely ridiculous, and I think the Supreme Court doing so is unconstitutional because it gives the states the power to disenfranchise and discriminate against women. Interesting question. Let me lay this out for you. Um, this is where the general disagreement is. Pro-lifers believe that life begins at conception, and from that moment on, it's a baby, and it should be considered as such, and it should have all the rights of a human being, right? The United States is one of the most propagandized countries in the world on this issue right now, and is one of the only countries that has these bizarre extreme arguments about it. Life begins at conception in the same way that a seed contains life. I guess technically, but nobody cares about throwing seeds out the window or, or whatever else. I guess technically, the cell that I just scratched off my nose, that had the spark of life in it too, and I just destroyed it by scratching my nose just now. It is exactly the same in the case of a fertilized cell. There is fundamentally no difference between the two. So the problem is with pro-lifers, they believe that it should come with all the rights that a full-blown human has at the moment of conception. But if that really is how you view it, then you have to bar people from scratching their noses. Should we all be walking around in oven mitts? It leads to absolute logical absurdity. It seems to me that the only reason that it was even created in the first place, this propagandistic talking point about life begins at conception, is because it's an emotional issue that people can fundraise off of. Just like QAnon using the emotional issue of child sacrifice or child mistreatment or whatever. It's an emotional issue that they can get people whipped into a blood frenzy over. The government was completely controlled by Republicans from 2016 to 2018. Every branch of government 
the presidency, the Supreme Court, the Senate, and the House. All four were Republican-controlled, and for some reason they just couldn't figure out how to ban abortion. Seems to me like they wanted to keep it as a fundraising issue. Now, it, it does look a little bit bleak for Roe v. Wade right now, but I think our chances of keeping Roe v. Wade in place are a little bit better than people suspect at least partly because it's a massive fundraising issue and they would no longer have that fundraising issue if they got rid of it. I guess we'll have to see. Time will tell what happens next. Unkindness, even if you give them that premise, no one has the right to use someone's body without consent. You're absolutely right. I was coming at it from a different angle argument-wise, but you're right. They don't. They don't. They don't have the right. I heard somebody present it with this argument. You get in a car accident, okay? Let's say you've been drinking. You get yourself in a car accident. It's your fault. You messed up and you did the wrong thing and you drove on your way home from the bar and you get in a car accident and the person whose car you hit is gravely injured. You wake up in the bed next to them and they have against your will hooked you up to a blood transfusion device and they are taking your blood out and giving it to the person that you injured. Do they have a right to handcuff you to that bed and force you to continue to give them that blood transfusion, whether you like it or not? Of course not. You have the right to bodily autonomy. You can make a decision. If you don't want to be hooked up to that person anymore, you don't have to be. I mean, you could be responsible for their death. You could be responsible for any number of things, but it's your choice to do that, and nobody can stop you. That is the nature of bodily autonomy, and that is effectively the same scenario when it comes to abortion. You should be allowed to make that decision because nobody has the right to use you as a host, pretty much. doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Your fault or not, irrelevant. No one has that right. Where was I? All three GOP candidates for Michigan AG said they would be okay with banning contraceptives in the state. My God, dude, it just gets crazier and crazier. Like, they wanted to get rid of abortion, and now they seem to be winning that battle mostly, and now they want to get rid of contraceptives. Why? Why? What is the point if not to cause misery? Is that is that the point? That's the only point I can see kind eyes, I think. They really are like, hey, let's get rid of abortion, tries to get rid of the things that prevent abortion. I know. Either you can lower abortion rates or you can lower pregnancy rates. That's what it's going to be. One of those two things can go down and, one, and the other one will go up, whether you like that or not. Or massive human suffering. I guess one of those three is going to go up. Next, we're going to talk about Greg Locke's Witch Hunt Saga from start to finish. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Next story I wanted to talk about is about Greg Locke. He is on a full-blown witch hunt, a literal 
witch hunt. It's been all over the place. So I wanted to take a look at the clips that led to this media blitz, and then I wanted to look at the clips involved in the fallout. The first clip I wanted to look at, this came out February 13th, 2022. This is the clip that really drew people's attention. Check this out. We got first and last names of six witches that are in our church. And you know what's strange? Three of you are in this room right now. Okay, so I'm sitting here as an atheist, somebody who doesn't believe that God exists, somebody who doesn't believe that witches are real in the first place, and knowing the history of witches like being burned at the stake or burned at the cross or whatever else. And I'm thinking to myself, what's the motivation here? This is obviously a lie. Where did he get this information? Who told him that there were witches there? Why did he think they were so credible that he would believe it and announce it to his church? Nothing about this story makes any sense to me whatsoever. This is really strange stuff. To be so confident in something like this, to be so confident you believe that there are witches in your church, that you go up there and announce it to the congregation that you know who these witches are, and that they're in the circus tent right now. This is just the strangest. Three of you in the room right now. You better look in my eyeballs. We ain't afraid of you, you stinking witch. You devil-worshiping Satanist witch. We cast you out in the name of Jesus Christ. We break your spells. We break your curse. We got your first name. We got your last name. We even got an address for one of you. This is one of the more concerning parts to me. This feels like a full-blown threat to me, that he's, he's telling them he knows exactly who they are, first and last name and address, and he's saying this stuff from the pulpit. It, it really seems to me like he's threatening them. If that isn't what you picked up from it so far, give it a minute, because he outright threatens them in just a second. Keep listening. You so much as cough wrong, and I'll expose you in front of everybody in this tent, you stinking witch. You cough wrong and I will expose you to everybody under this tent. I honestly don't know what the goal would be there. I don't know what he thinks would happen as a result of exposing them, quote unquote, or revealing who they are. You could just tell him to leave. Why are you even playing these games? Just ask him to leave and never come back. Simple as that. Instead, he's threatening to tell the entire congregation who they are. It seems like this is one step beyond just asking them to leave. You were sent to this church to destroy us. You were sent to this church to lure us in. You were sent to this church to cast spells. Listen, some of you been sick because you befriended that witch. Two of you in my wife's ladies Bible study and you know who you are and we gonna ask you to get out or I'll expose you in front of everybody. We got all six of their names. All six of them. Two of them had already been confirmed for that thing ever even said it before that thing had even said it. That's right. He claims to have gotten the names from a demon. This article is on religionnews.com, religion news service. Uh, title is Tennessee preacher Greg Locke says demons told him names of witches in his church. The offering was over and the worship team at Global Vision Bible Church, which is Greg, Locke, uh, Greg Locke's church, had just finished singing Oh How I Love Jesus when the Reverend Greg Locke began telling his church about his conversations with demons. 
Those demons, he said, had revealed the names of a group of full-blown spell-casting witches who'd been sent to infiltrate Global Vision, a non-denominational church east of Nashville, Tennessee, where Locke is pastor. To God be the glory, I lie not, he told the congregation, which was meeting in a packed tent on the church's property. We got first and last names of six witches. My first question here is, why is he trusting a demon? First and foremost, like, demons in his mind should have absolutely no credibility, right? Why is he believing what they're saying, first of all? And second, how is he even communicating with demons? Isn't that, like... Ouija board level stuff? Don't you have to basically go through a Ouija board to communicate with demons? I find it so strange that he would tell anybody that he heard this from demons. I think in reality the reason that he scapegoated a demon is because he didn't want to reveal the real name of the people who told him that they're witches. I, that's my guess. But there is more to this story. There is a lot more to lay out, so let's keep watching. First and last night, this chick is new to our church and don't know none of you. This chick, I assume, when he says that, he's talking about uh, one of the witches. So you got a choice. You can leave with your spells all by yourself. Or I'll show up next Sunday with a stage full of brooms. And I'll give you one and I'll fly your tail up out of this place in the name of Jesus, but we ain't playing your spell casting witchcraft nonsense sage burning games. Why is he even bothering to announce this from the pulpit? Why doesn't he just approach them and ask them to leave his church? I don't get it. I, I don't understand where his head's at with this. He hears their names and address, apparently, from a demon that he communicated with, evidently, and he believes the demon for some reason. I don't know why he would believe a demon, but whatever. So he hears it from a demon and he believes it. And instead of asking the person to just leave, he goes to the pulpit and starts screaming about witches being in the church. This is some next-level weird stuff. <laughs> witches are like nope no i think everybody's just like this like what like we're all so confused greg i just don't understand and your little dog too you're out witch wow dude that is some weird stuff so i got to thinking to myself why does he think that witches are infiltrating his church why does he think that? That's that's bizarre, right? Well, I come across this video. It's from the 90s or the 2000s at best. It may actually be from the 80s. I'm not sure when it's from. It's old. Satanic Panic happened in the 70s, 80s, 90s era. This is from the Satanic Panic era. So I wanted to watch this because it may give us a little bit of insight into why Greg Locke feels the way he does. Check this out. They will try and infiltrate your church. They will try and set up whispering campaigns against the pastor and the elders. They may even try to seduce the pastor. Okay, so this guy, this, I don't know who this is. It doesn't say a name on screen or anything. Presumably this is from some documentary about, you know, how evil Satanists are. Like I said, it's from the Satanic Panic era. And this guy who is presenting as an expert on Satanism, I guess, is telling us that witches and evil, you know, people will come into churches and start whispering campaigns about the pastor to, like, ruin the church. Let's keep listening, because the, the, in this weird documentary from the Satanic Panic era, they found a real 
Satanist to speak for them. Listen to this. Guy's name is Glenn. He's a real Satanist, supposedly. For two years, I was involved in the Baptist church. I was constantly complaining about the pastor's sermons being too long, being too dry, sowing discord between the people. Glenn, former Satanist. I love it, dude. I love it. I love finding stuff like this. It is so comical. It's so ridiculous to go back and look at this old 1980s satanic panic stuff. Like, oh my God. It is hilarious. I love it to death. Being too dry. Sowing discord between the people. Gossiping about others. Wow, so that's what Glenn, the former Satanist, used to do at his old church. Former Satanist. I guess now he's a born-again Christian, and he's found he's fixed the error of his ways. Greg Luck grew up during the Satanic Panic era, or he, at the very least, went through the Satanic Panic era. I have to assume that he was involved in it to some degree, or affected by it to some degree, which is probably why... He really, genuinely, to the bottom of his heart, believes that there are really witches in his church. I assume it's an absolutely absurd claim at its face, especially for people like us who are like atheists and know this is nonsense, this is just made up. But I do wonder if he really does believe this. I think he might. Like I said, we just have to take him at face value. We have to assume what he's saying he really does believe. I feel like we don't really have a choice outside of that. So anyways, that's the original clip that I wanted to watch. Now let's continue on with the saga because there is more to this story. Since that video came out, it was all over the news. And he put out a few responses to the media and others who were criticizing him for this ridiculous sermon that he gave. So listen to this. This is three days later, February 16th, is when this response came out. Check this out. You believe how stupid the media is. Here's what they say. Oh, we know why he's doing that. We know why he's calling out them six women, which they're not all women. Get that in your crawl. Okay, that's interesting. I was under the impression that Christians believed that male witches are warlocks. Isn't that the name that Christians give or that people give to male witches, warlocks. I thought witches were, by definition, women who practice witchcraft, and the men who practice it are warlocks. Is that not right? There's a lot more nuance to this, and when you talk to pagans and people who, who self-identify as witches, you can hear that nuance. But to Christians, to especially to evangelicals, people like Greg Locke, those are the rules that they understand. There is no nuance. Witches are women, Warlocks are men. That's the nuance that I grew up understanding as a, an, an extremist Christian, as a Jehovah's Witness. So I think it's kind of weird that he's backing off of this now. He's just, it's like he's trying to find a point upon which the media was incorrect. They're not all women. Get that in your crawl. Because what's going to happen is he's getting out ahead of it. Because them women that he's trying to call out, he's trying to intimidate them by calling them witches because we believe he probably made sexual advancements and he's trying to get out in front of it before they burn the whole kingdom to the ground. I have no way of knowing that. I have no reason to think that. I, 
I would not make that assumption. I don't know who said that or, or why or whatever else, but I think it's not really a fair assumption to make. There's no reason to assume it. I do think it's kind of strange that he would come out on his platform and say something like that because I had not heard that before. But now that he'd said it, I have heard it. If he hadn't mentioned it at all, I never would have. I, I wouldn't have even had to have brought this up. So for the record, I have no reason to think that's the case. I think it's really strange that he would even suggest it. But uh, anyway, let's continue. No, I call them witches because they witches. There's no such thing as witches, bud. I'm sorry. Sexual advancements. Have you seen who I'm married to? I'm not really sure what that has to do with anything. Like, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too far, but um, it's more about the power that you have over the person when you're doing it, that kind of thing, or, or the perceived power that you have. Uh, that tends to be the reason for that kind of thing. I got a healthy marriage up in my house. I love how he conflates healthy marriage with... I ain't got no lust over no witch. I can with lust. Healthy marriage and lust are one and the same, basically. That's what it's all about. That's sad. I ain't got no lust over no witch. I can tell you that right now. Sexual advances by hind leg. Keep yourself to yourself. He is such an odd bird, right? Really. So that one came out February 16th. That was three days after the original witch thing, right? This one came out shortly after. It was mid-February, so it was around the same time. Check this clip out. I really just want to share a few thoughts, some things that are on my heart because of the controversy that is brewing week by week and literally day by day, if not hour by hour and moment by moment, especially after you do things uh, so... Uh, biblically yet boldly as we did on Sunday. You know, honestly, he's not suffering from this at all, this whole controversy thing. Um, people on his side have not turned against him. He's still incredibly popular within the evangelical movement. And evangelical, deep evangelical believers still support him to the bottom of their hearts and will continue to. He has nothing to worry about, honestly. He does this kind of controversial thing all the time so that it'll hit headlines on CNN and Fox News and all these other places, draw attention to his movement. Now, I cover him anyways because I'm a significantly smaller platform, for one thing. And for another thing, I want to make sure everybody is completely and fully aware of exactly what we're up against when we're fighting extremism, Christian nationalism, that kind of thing. I don't necessarily have a problem with covering him when he does this kind of ridiculous thing, but he does do this on purpose. I believe, in my opinion, he does it on purpose. On Sunday, it's caused a lot of uh, media barrage. Uh, a lot of speculation, a lot of assumptions, and that's what happens when you take a video and you splice it all up. There's no way to look at the, these sets of videos in any other way than you are on a literal witch hunt, like of Salem, Massachusetts style. How else could we possibly view this? You called out six people in your church, claimed that a demon gave you their names, and went on to say that they're witches and that they're making people in the congregation sick. How else are we supposed to view this? This isn't a case of quote mining or sound biting or any of that stuff. What else do you expect us to do? What else do you expect us to do? What do you expect us to say when you come out with something loony like that, really? And that's what happens when you take a video and you splice it all up. And then everybody that calls themselves believers and followers of Christ 
follow a man that's a known atheist, 100%, that actually splices the video up, puts it out there, and says, look at this crazy guy. And when you get the church following atheism and against a pastor, you know there's some spiritual warfare in the house. There is no... I have to assume he's talking about Hemant Mehta. I think Hemant Mehta may have been the one that kind of blew this up, blew it out of the water originally. I don't know for sure, but he's probably talking about some atheist, some Twitter atheist that we're all familiar with. If it were Right Wing Watch, then he would have said Right Wing Watch, right? I don't think Right Wing Watch even covered this story anyways, uh, so I have to assume it was Hemant Mehta. But either way... What Hemant Mehta was doing, and what I'm doing by talking about this, and what David Pakman did by talking about it, and what Philip DeFranco did by talking about it, is show people what you're about. Stand behind your words, Greg. You've been saying that exact line for who knows how long. Stand behind your word. You said something from the pulpit. Stand up for it. Do you not believe in what you said anymore? I mean, you continue to reaffirm that you do believe that there really are witches in your church, so stand behind it if that's really what you believe, and stop getting all upset that somebody just broadcast to the world that that really is what you believe. And against a pastor, you know there's some spiritual warfare in the house. There is no doubt about that. You better choose a side and figure out whose side you're on, because Jesus said, if you're not for me, you're against me. Yeah, spiritual warfare, totally. Uh, I have to imagine he's talking about this kind of spiritual warfare. For two years, I was involved in the Baptist church. I was constantly complaining about the pastor's sermons being too long, being too dry, sowing discord between the people, gossiping about others. I have to imagine that's the kind of thing that he's thinking. I will be hecked if it's not hilarious, though. Okay, so this clip came out February 13th. This is the same day that Greg Locke came out with the original witch hunt video. Check this one out. Y'all see how little my wife is? Little video thing. Hmm? Tiny. Tiny. Whew. I'll walk out the room. She'll stay in there with them. She'll stay in there with them? Is that what he said? What is he talking about? I wonder. And I'll hear up there. Out! In the name of Jesus! You hear me? Out! In the name of Jesus! That thing's going. Rah! She's like, I look at me in the eyes. I ain't scared. Out! In the name of Jesus! He is describing his wife performing an exorcism on somebody and that person screaming, basically, as, you know, the demon is screaming through their mouth or whatever. He is unironically, really, telling us he believes his wife exercises demons on a regular basis. In the name of Jesus. I never seen nothing like it. I got my kids won't learn now. Hudson's like, I want to do this. I said, all right, get ready, son. Woo, we're going to do it. Kiki's like, out in the name of Jesus. I walked in the room the other night. She had my preaching Bible, and she walked over one of them devils, and she put it on his head and said, I cut you off in the sword of the Spirit. And that devil said, ah! Is he describing his kid actually doing, like, grabbing a Bible and yelling at a demon? Is that what he's doing? Let me step back and listen one more time. And she walked over one of them devils, and she put it on his head and said, I cut you off in the sword of the spirit. And that devil said, ah! She walked over to one of the devils and said that, and then the devil yelled. Where are they finding all these devils? Where are all these devils at? This is the weirdest, dude. Really, this is the strangest stuff I have ever seen. Ah! I was like, she's got a family right there. Don't you mess with us at Applebee's. 
We some demon killers in the name of Jesus. This dude just gets stranger and stranger. He literally just sat here and described to us his wife and kids exercising demons, apparently not even exercising them from a person, just basically praying over them, right? Out in the name of Jesus, out in the name of Jesus. Doesn't really seem like a prayer exactly. It's just kind of more a command in Jesus' name, get out. But he's, he's describing his kids standing over a demon yelling at it. And he's, and he's doing it with a straight face. Really? I don't see a single smile on this dude's face. What is going on? So I got to thinking to myself, really, where are all these demons? Like, what's he even talking about? I've never actually seen a demon before. Like, I don't even believe they exist. So then I got to thinking to myself, you know what? I remember a clip just came out about this dude recently. I'll tell you what, why don't we just watch this clip and I think it'll speak for itself. Check this one out. This is late January 2022. This should give some insight into where all of these supposed demons are coming from. Do not, do not jump up right now and rebuke me for what I'm about to say. On three occasions, we're going to go through all of them, not today, thank God. On three occasions, kids were brought to Jesus. Not of their own will, of their own volition, but by their parents. Okay, so kid doesn't want to be brought to Jesus, quote-unquote. I'm not sure what that means. Does that mean, like, get baptized? Does that mean go to church? Some kids don't want to go through all that process. I'm totally down. I don't want to do it either. That, that sucks. It's terrible. Okay, I'm with you so far. Let's keep listening. On three occasions, kids were brought to Jesus. Not of their own will, of their own volition, but by their parents. That had epileptic fits anger issues outbursts of emotion yeah we're not familiar with those now are we greg and because we've called it possession parents refuse to deal with it are you telling me my kid's possessed no i'm telling you your kid could be demonized and attacked but your doctor calls it autism so if you have autism according to greg Locke you may actually be demon-possessed. Now it's starting to make sense. Who was Greg Locke's wife, and who were his kids exercising? Apparently, people with autism? Question mark? That's my best guess based on this video. I don't care if you stand or not. I don't care if you leave or not. I'm telling you, there's deliverance in the name of Jesus Christ for your children and their children's children. There's deliverance in that. Ain't no such diagnosis in the Bible. Uh, okay, well, you know, vaccines didn't exist in the Bible. All kinds of things didn't exist. Uh, there was so much knowledge that didn't exist when the Bible was being written. Well, we didn't even know for sure that the earth was a globe at the time. There was speculation about it. We knew a fraction of what we know now. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that the Bible doesn't describe autism. Of course it doesn't. Would you expect it to? Are you, base are you going to a doctor who only diagnoses people with things that are in the Bible? Who is your doctor, Greg Locke? Who do you go to? Jesus cast out that oppressing spirit and the child was made whole that very hour the Bible said that very hour So if you were wondering who Greg Locke's wife and kids 
were exercising and where those demons were. Most likely they were from people who had some kind of an anger issue or people who have autism or some other thing. Any conditions that you can think of, they go to Greg Locke instead of a doctor to diagnose it and Greg Locke prays over them and commands the demon to leave. That's almost certainly what's happening when he describes his wife screaming over somebody out in the name of Jesus. That is so incredibly heartbreakingly sad that this is the world that he lives in, that this is the world that he's building for his members, for his churchgoers. It's a gigantic fantasy land that is outright harmful. Emily Sigmund, my gut says, it's not that he believes these people are witches, but there's a power struggle in the church that he wants to control. That's a possibility, actually. That is a distinct possibility. As a matter of fact, to your point, let's just take a quick look at this clip. This one is from, yeah, this is from mid-September 2021. There was actually a, a power struggle in Greg Locke's church at the time, and he was trying to grapple with it, trying to get his hands around it, if you will. This is what he did in response. Listen to this clip. We got some people under this tent right now. You have the hardest time keeping your mouth shut about your church. So I'm going to sit here for about 15 seconds and just give you a chance to leave anytime you want to. Because we need your seat anyhow, you complaining judgmental Pharisee. This is at least partially over the fact that he was heavily promoting Trump at the time, and there were some people breaking from that position. They felt like they didn't really want to support Trump anymore. They didn't feel like it was right. They wanted to get back to Jesus. That is why he came out and did this whole bit at the church. Keep listening. You can leave anytime you want to. I'm just going to sit here for a minute and let you walk out. If you can call me out behind closed doors, why don't you be man enough, put on your big boy pants, stand up and walk out right now for everybody, you coward. Woo, I'm about fired up this morning. Turn this microphone up, I'm fired up. That's a big tent door. You can leave any time you want to. You critical hypocrite, you Pharisee. If you think I'm going to stop just because you want me to, you have lost your mind. I'm just getting started good. I'm just now calling out Joe Biden. I'm just now preaching against the LGBTQ community. See, I don't think you'd be going to Greg Locke's church if you were opposed to him preaching against the LGBTQ community. You're going into that situation fully aware of what kind of a preacher he is. But there was a schism in his church based on the fact that he was a massive Trump fan and was effectively working Trump into his theology. He was working him in as almost like an, a messiah figure, and a lot of other pastors did the same thing and still holds Trump up as the new messiah effectively. Johnny Enlow being one of them. Also Shane Vaughn. They've both completely taken to the Trump religion. Greg Locke, on the other hand, he turned on Donald Trump after his endorsement of the vaccines. He actually came out against Trump and said he's sick of Trump worship in this church, blah, blah, blah. But before all that happened, mid-September 2021, he was saying this. TQ community, I'm just now calling out abortion. I'm just now talking about election fraud. I'm just now talking about Antifa and Black Lives Matter. I'm just now calling out this wicked nonsense. You might as well leave while everybody's clapping so nobody will see you. See, this is how Greg Locke tends to deal with schisms in his church. 
dude tends to broadcast it from the pulpit. There's honestly no way anybody could possibly take over Greg Locke's church. He he is the leader, and there really is no question about his leadership role in the church. But there is a possibility that somebody a little bit more reasonable could pull some people away into their own new branch of his church and, and bring some of the congregants out. So generally speaking, that's what he does when he's dealing with that kind of situation with the possibility of people like leaving is he gets really, really extreme and really lays into these issues, gets people enthusiastic and fired up and all that stuff, and he says it from the pulpit as loud as he can, something real controversial. Uh, so to your point, what you said originally, my gut says he doesn't believe these people are witches, but there's a power struggle. That's a possibility. That is a, a legitimate possibility. Maybe he was trying to figure out some way to deal with the power struggle in the church, and saying something super controversial and targeting some people specifically was his best bet. Next, we're going to talk about Bianca Grazia, candidate for Congress, telling her voters that you'll go to heck if you don't vote for her. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Next story I wanted to talk about is about a woman named Bianca Grazia. I will get to what is so relevant and important about who she is in a second. But before we get there, I want to tell you about her beliefs. Right now, at, on screen, I have a video of her sitting with a total of four other people on January 6th, 2021. This is the day that the events took place at the Capitol the insurrection. From left to right, this is a member of the Oath Keepers, a very high-profile member. This is a congresswoman. This guy is the leader and founder of Vets for Trump, I believe. This person is a leader and founder of Lawyers for Trump. And this person on the right here in the corner, this is the founder of Latinos for Trump, which is Bianca Grazia. So she's sitting in a room with these four people. I wanted to show you what they had to talk about. They filmed themselves having a conversation with each other. Let's see what ideas they want to put out on the table. This is the congresswoman speaking right now. Um, her name's Amanda Chase. This is Senator Amanda Chase. That's what she is. Senator Amanda Chase. Give this a listen. Uh, number one, you cannot believe everything that you read in the media. You can't. President Trump told us it's fake media. President Trump told us it's fake media, and that's reason enough to believe it, apparently. I'm not joking when I say they worship him like he's a deity. So it's very important that you look at your alternative sources, uh, One America News, Epoch Times. Those two networks specifically, One America News and Epoch Times, those are so completely above and beyond disconnected from reality. Those are the two of the worst outlets, like the worst as in pure propaganda from the moment they open their doors 
to the moment they close. It is propaganda all the way down with those networks. Pay attention to my Senator Amanda Chase Facebook page. Uh, you can see Josh Macias, a familiar face with uh, Vets for Trump. Yeah, Josh Macias with Vets for Trump. Okay, so she introduces him, and now he has some things to say to the camera. Listen to this. And those are coming on the U.S. shores that are uh, having to deal with some type of PTS or things from being downrange. Well, those that same community are the most well-trained, crucible-trained combat veterans this world has ever seen. So he's talking about people coming back from overseas. Uh, veterans are coming back from overseas. Makes sense he's talking about veterans because he's from the group Vets for Trump, of course. So that's who he's talking about. Keep listening. And they are the brother, the sister, the uncle, those of the you uh, all across it, those who even would uh, open up and uh, help you buy your shoes, okay? There are veterans out there that are well-trained that can immediately present be brought in as a special group and be utilized in any way, shape, or form at his disposal. And we have a million just in bets for Trump right now. Are you guys picking up what he's putting down here? He's saying he wants to effectively create a new militia controlled by Donald Trump specifically. Not a militia that could be used to aid the United States in foreign affairs issues. Not a militia that's used to defend the homeland or any of that other patriotic stuff, whatever. It's for Donald Trump. A private army for Donald Trump. That's what this guy, Josh Macias, I believe is his, uh, I believe his name is, from Vets for Trump. That's what he wants to do. Those are his goals. Now one of the Oath Keepers leaders wants to speak. If you're unfamiliar with the Oath Keepers, it's an extremist organization far-right organization that is absolutely obsessed with Donald Trump. Kind of like the Proud Boys, I guess you could say. More like the three percenters, I think. He's he's more like a three percenter type of person. Listen to this. Yeah, in fact, us, us veterans until age 65 under federal statutes still are sub being called up as the militia. It goes from 17 to 45 if you're not a veteran. If you're a veteran because of our prior experience and training, it goes from age 65. You can call us up right now, right now, and put us to work. So the Oath Keeper here is saying, according to the law, the veterans that have left the military are can still technically be called back and used for the for this purpose or that purpose. I don't know how true that is. Basically, you shouldn't trust anything these people have to say. You should look it up independently to verify it, because there's a lot of propaganda flying around. But the point is they have a vested interest in forming a private army for Donald Trump. Remember, this was January 6th, 2021, the day the insurrection took place. They were actually trying to do that. They were in the process of creating a de facto army for Donald Trump, and they were at the Capitol that day. The army that these people were trying to form was. And then he has the ability with special groups so he can pull them in in other ways as well. And we can intake all of them and properly place them wherever he needs it. So he has at the standing at the ready, well-trained, crucible-trained veteran volunteers that are at the ready right now. Why would Donald Trump need somebody like that if he's not president? These people live in a different reality than everybody else. So that is the conversation that took place between these five major leaders within the Trumpist movement. Latinos for Trump, lawyers for Trump, vets for Trump, oath keepers, and this senator, 
Amanda Chase, I believe her name was. Well, here's the crux of the issue now. The leader of Latinos for Trump, a.k.a. Bianca Grazia, has something to tell us. This clip came out mid-January 2022. This was at the Reawaken America tour. It's a QAnon tour, basically. They go on tour talking about QAnon conspiracies and trying to rev people up into a blood frenzy. Give this clip a listen. Like I said, mid-January 2022. The Lord said, I need my remnant to rise up and take your rightful place in the government. So I decided to run for Texas Senate in District 11. Oh boy. She is running for office in Texas. Uh, she's running for state. Wait, what was it? State Senate? Or I'm looking on ballotpedia.org, by the way, if you've never been there. Fantastic place to go. Ballotpedia is super useful. She's running for state Senate in Texas in 2022. State Senate is one short hop, skip, and jump to federal senate once you've established yourself within a state government it is that much easier to get into federal politics she is viewed as the new marjorie taylor green basically you know you've got ilhan omar and alexandria ocasio cortez and bernie sanders they're all kind of from the same little pool there they work together they talk together they hang out together so on and so forth well that's kind of the same situation with bianca grazia and marjorie taylor green and lauren bobert they're all cut from the same cloth is my point i don't know if they hang out together but they're cut from the same cloth and the point is we need to be keeping an eye on this because she could very easily enter u.s politics on a federal level and become the next Marjorie Taylor Greene. For the record, she is full-blown QAnon. Let's keep listening to her appearance at Reawaken America. And when I tell you I'm running against the establishment and literally the RNC, I literally am running against the establishment. Are we using the word literally the same way? I feel like we're not. Do you mean literally or figuratively? I feel like you mean the exact opposite of literally. But the Lord told me you are going to the Capitol and you are going to make those walls shake and you are going to make the devil run. And that's what we say in Texas. Come and take it. Come and take what? Nobody's trying to like take anything from you. What are you talking about? What, what do you want us to come take? Tell me and I'll pick it up. What are you getting all revved up about here? taking my guns you ain't going after our faith you ain't going after our family and let me tell you something i will fight to the death because if that's what my ancestors did i will do it yeah i just i feel like i need to point out like how concerning this rhetoric is as if i even need to uh we should all be fully aware of why this kind of language is dangerous why this kind of rhetoric is dangerous that came out mid-january she actually announced that she was running for office a little bit before that this person's name on the right their name is ann i believe and they're with the steel truth show okay now we'll get into her a little bit more in a second but check this clip out mid-december 2021 this is an interview that steel truth gave to bianca grazia I've been doing what I'm doing, but now it's time to actually fight for Texas, okay? And in my district, the Senate seat came open. It's the Texas Senate District 11. It came open, and I'm really going to be up against the establishment and the RNC itself. But hey, um, I have conquered it already. It is mine. I'm claiming the victory, and I am going to—I'm running on faith, family, and freedom. So my message is— 
to all of those corrupt politicians that put us through what you've put us through in the last two years and plus, you will never come against our faith again. You will never go after the pastors. You will never silence our church. Nobody ever wanted to do that, Bianca. No one ever wanted to silence your church or come after pastors or any of that stuff. I don't want that, and I consider myself a reasonably prominent atheist. I mean, I, some level of representative for the atheist community at least, right? I don't want that. I don't care. Go ahead. Be in your church and say your thing. I'm not trying to stop that. I'll tell you what I do want. I want pastors and, and religion completely out of the school system. It has no place in the schools, legally or morally. Religion doesn't belong in the school system. If you want your religion in the school system, then you have to also allow Islam in the school system. You have to allow Buddhism in the school system. Everything, every religious everything has to be allowed if yours is allowed. The government can't show favoritism. That's the hang up here. That's the point. What she's complaining about is the fear of losing her supremacy. She has supremacy currently. She doesn't want to lose that. I don't remember who said this originally, somebody, it wasn't me, but the phrase equality feels like oppression when all you know is privilege is pretty apt in this situation, I think. Let's keep listening. Never silence our church. You will never come after our families. You will never shut down our businesses and mandate things against us. And you will never take our freedoms away. And that's what I'm fighting for, Ann. Okay, I just, I'm sorry. Nobody ever wanted any of that stuff anyways. Now, the mandate thing is its own little unique thing, its own little unique issue. I did want to mandate for the safety of society that people get vaccinated or get tested once a week, one or the other, your choice. But that never went through anyways. I think the Supreme Court shot that down on a federal level, didn't they? And even if they hadn't, Texas never would have gone for that. Florida never would have gone for that. These states never would have allowed that to play out anyways. They would have fought it and fought it to the death, no matter what. So I'm sorry, all the stuff that you're talking about right now, it didn't happen. It's all in your head. None of this stuff took place. You're freaked out over nothing. Now, let's just take another quick glance at this Steel Truth person. I really want to establish who Bianca Grazia talks to, who she interviews with, who she hangs out with, who she's around, that kind of thing. Steel Truth interviewed none, none other than Kirsten Weldon in this groundbreaking interview mid-July 2020. Listen to this interview. And we can really tell the difference between the clones by the tie, sometimes the yellow tie, the red tie, and the blue tie Trump. The blue tie Trump is a ha happy clone that's very good at golf. The yellow tie Trump is not, you know, that smart. And the real Trump usually is the red tie Trump. She has a history. This person, Anne, with Steel Truth, she has a history of interviewing interesting people, to say the least. She interviews Bianca Grazia. She interviewed Kirsten Weldon, effectively a QAnon celebrity, talking about Donald Trump's clones. And then... She interviewed none, none other than the QAnon shaman, Jacob Chansley himself, from the jail. This was early January 2022 when this interview came out. It was a year after the 1-6 insurrection that took place. Listen to this one. I understand you were also serving the Navy for a couple of years. You had an honorable discharge in 2007. Why did you decide to leave the Navy? 
Well, um, I actually I got a general discharge under honorable conditions, okay. um, and it was because I refused to take the anthrax vaccine. So, oh. like I told Joe, I was I was refusing uh, vaccines before it was cool. <laughs> it was never cool. It's not cool now. It wasn't cool then. I'm sorry to tell you that. Wait, why does it say Jacob and Jelly down here? His name is Jacob Chansley. Is that a typo? What's going on? Anyway, that's uh, Anne with Steel Truth. Those are the types of people she interviews. Those are the types of beliefs that she holds. And the fact that Bianca Grazia went on Steel Truth, went to the Reawaken America tour to make her announcement in the first place, these should all be red flags for us. This woman is effectively going to be the new Marjorie Taylor Greene, if we're lucky. But it gets worse. It gets worse. Check out this clip. This is mid-February 2022, so reasonably new. She went on the MC Files. This guy is a full-blown QAnoner, like, all the way. He interviews with uh, Mark Taylor all the time. I don't know if you guys remember Mark Taylor. I've covered him a few times on my channel, but that guy is something else, to say the least. Well, she had something to say, so check this out. This is mid-February 2022. You know, today I just, I just finished a... Uh, uh interview with some pastors and I told him I said straight up <laughs> straight up I said I'm only gonna win if the church shows up I love that little pop she did with her pee do you guys hear that listen shows up shows up I can't do it hang on shows up there you go love it love it that was a, a fantastic enunciation of that that word church shows up that's it if you do not show up then you will be held accountable because I have been appointed and assigned for this position. I've been appointed and assigned for this position. If you don't show up, God will judge you. Basically, you'll go to heck if you don't come out and vote for me, is what she's saying here. The God is testing you all. I don't have anything else to say to you other than that. So you're going to either have to show up and show out, or you're going to have to deal with, it, with, with the Lord. And I'm not saying that lightly, and I'm not saying it in a very horrific way either but that's where we're at in at this point that's where we're at we've drawn the line we're past the party lines we are now fighting a very evil evil demonic it's a hierarchy it's just a hierarchy just, just evil yeah, it is exactly right you know what's evil in my in my opinion exploiting religious fears to try to force them to vote for you and donate to you, exploiting them financially and emotionally. This is the type of manipulation that I see in cults constantly. It's wrong. I'm not saying that Bianca Grazia has a cult behind her or anything. I'm saying this is the type of manipulation I find within cults. It's just disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. But guess what? This isn't the only instance of it. In fact, I could think right off the top of my head of two more instances of this exact type of thing. The moment I saw this clip, the first thing I thought was Johnny Enlow. You know what he had to say? He said pretty much the exact same thing that she said right here. And assigned for this position. And the, the God is testing you all. God is testing you. That is... Nearly exactly what Johnny Enlow had to say to our old bud Steve Schultz here on his show, ElijahList.com. Check this clip out, early June 2021. Listen. 
Even if you think you have 100% devotion to God, it's going to cost you. And, and this is a key time. Once we establish what a key time in history this is, this is a line in the sand. This Trump test, uh, you know, it's been clearer than ever. This Trump test. This is a test. If you side with Trump, God will reward you for passing his test. People I've interviewed, uh, I've been on their programs and stuff, and who's being advanced and blessed, um, and, and ministries that are advancing and blessing, and who I see in increased anointing, and who are seeing more. They're seeing more favor, they're seeing more revelatory, are people who didn't back off Trump. That is so incredibly sad. This dude really believes this, deeply to the bottom of his heart, believes it. He believes in Trump as almost like a new Messiah. And if you don't follow Trump, you are failing God's test. This is a test from God. Here's another clip. November 4th, 2020, Mark Taylor. This one came out on election day or, or the next day or something like that in 2020. It was right around that time period when this came out. He's interviewing Francine Fosdick is her name. Hardcore QAnoner. Both of them. Both of them are. Listen to what Mark Taylor had to say about Donald Trump. Let me tell you something. Every Christian, every pastor out there that voted for Joe Biden last night, you have bought a curse upon yourself and your family, your children, and your children's children down to the third and fourth generation, and you need to repent. I don't care if you are pro-life. You cannot call yourself a Christian and call yourself a, a Republican or, or vote for Biden. You know what I mean? Or call yourself a Democrat, I mean. Well, whatever it is, you call yourself a Democrat and a Christian, it doesn't matter. If you voted for the dark side, that's what you did. You are implementing the dark agenda, Satan's agenda, the kingdom of darkness. You are not supporting the kingdom of God. And if you cannot see that, you have. if you do not repent, judgment will fall upon you, I believe, and your family and your children's children down to the third and fourth generation. That is pure exploitation. That is trying to force people to do what you want and threatening them with the fear of, you know, eternal torture, hellfire, threatening them with the fear of cursing your family for three or four generations. If you don't follow exactly what they want you to do, if you don't vote for Donald Trump the way they want you to, if you don't vote for Bianca Grazia the way that she wants you to, you will be held responsible by God for your decision. That's dirty in my opinion. That is dirty. And we need to keep an eye on Bianca Grazia's campaign because the fact that she has a shot in the first place concerns the holy heck out of me. Next, we're going to talk about Mike Lindell seemingly having a full breakdown over his election conspiracy on live TV. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Next story I wanted to talk about is about Mike Lindell. Now, there have been some updates to his story, but let me review. I'll give you a quick review of his situation so I can catch you guys up and we're on the same page. 
Then we'll take a look at the latest strange clips that came out by this guy. Mid-January 2022, his bank contacts him, tells him that they're dropping him. He did not react well. He puts out this clip in response. This is on Real America's Voice. Give this a listen. They want us to leave their bank. What you're going to hear on these recordings are horrific. What he's saying, these recordings are horrific, I, I... I think what he's talking about is the recordings between himself and his bank about, like, being dropped. I honestly can't imagine how a bank dropping you could be considered horrific. Does he know what the word horrific means? I mean, I cover cults for a living. I know what the word horrific means. I feel that he's misusing it in this situation. It's manifested from this, Steve. They're bringing back a year ago and all these terrible outlets like the Washington Post, and uh, I just had a call from The Guardian today, and then you have The Daily Beast. All of these outlets now are attacking me, reattacking me again, trying to say I'm some kind of a, um, let's subpoena Mike Lindell's records. As you know, I went after Pelosi and that fake committee they got going to scare everybody. And by doing this, now these banks want to get part of the cancel culture. They want to cancel out all of these entities. The biggest one they worry about Frank speech, everybody. Oh, my God. This guy literally cannot make it through an interview without plugging frankspeech.tv or whatever it is. That <laughs> just, God, it kills me. After a while, it gets cringy, Mike. I'm sorry. Okay, so the, the gist of this is his bank decided to close his account. And as we'll see in a little while, they actually did it in a really nice way. They told him, if we close the account on you you'll be on a bad bank list, and it's basically really difficult to open another account. We're giving you the courtesy of asking you to leave the bank of your own accord so that we don't have to put you on this list that'll make it nearly impossible for you to get another bank account. What was his response? What you're looking at here. He went to every media outlet he could find and screamed it from the hilltops that his bank was canceling him, quote-unquote. Okay, so here's the real question. Why is his bank canceling him? Is it for a good reason? That's what I want to know. I am of the opinion, it's not really a popular opinion, but I believe political affiliation should be a protected class, just like... Uh, religion is a protected class right now. You shouldn't be able to discriminate against somebody based on their party affiliation, pretty much. If you're a Democrat, you shouldn't be able to fire a policeman because he's a Democrat. Right now, that's legal. You shouldn't be allowed to fire somebody because they are Democratic socialists from the police force or anything else. That's legal right now. If you need a utilitarian reason to get on board with my political affiliation protected class thing, look no further than that. In my mind, that's a good utilitarian reason to protect political affiliation. But in my opinion, I don't even need a good reason or a utilitarian reason. I think I'm okay with doing this on moral grounds and moral grounds alone. You shouldn't discriminate against somebody based on their political affiliation. You know, communists and socialists and social democrats should not be fired from their jobs simply because they have those beliefs and, and nothing else. But that's not why 
Mike Lindell's bank is doing it. They didn't cancel the accounts of every Republican. They didn't do that. In fact, I'd be willing to bet that some of the bank managers are probably Republicans. They canceled Mike Lindell's account specifically. Let's watch this next clip. This is mid-February 2022. This is what happened afterward. Tell us what happened today, sir. Well, I just got served the papers. Uh, they're closing my account at uh, Minnesota Bank and Trust. That's hard. So he had the option of closing the account himself, and he decided to force the bank to close it, which means he's on a, a naughty bank list, basically. He's on, like, a bad list that will make it significantly harder to open an account at any other bank in the future. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to use that as a point of persecution. They're persecuting me because of my political beliefs, blah, blah, blah. They're not closing the accounts of every Republican, like I said. They're not doing that. They closed Mike Lindell's account. We will get to why in a minute. Let's keep listening. Heartland Financial, Inc. Remember, we brought it up a couple a couple weeks ago, and all of you reached out to those uh, to their, the bank president and stuff at Minnesota Bank and Trust, and I hadn't heard from them. Well, the coward served these paper, this paper on Friday afternoon after the after the business close of business day. They didn't even bother to sign it. Well, I have to imagine that they gave it to you after the close of business and didn't sign it because why would they? It's irrelevant. They closed the account. It's final. It doesn't matter how much you scream. It doesn't matter how many phone calls you make to them. It doesn't matter if it's even signed. They're just telling you what just happened and moving on with their lives. Simple as that. They don't need to sign it. They don't need you to call, the, call in to talk to them. None of that. So I'm, I'm really not sure what point he's trying to make here. So here's the question. Why would they do such a thing? Why would they close Mike Lindell's account? Why would they close Mike Lindell's account and not the accounts of every Republican that they have at that bank? Why? Mid-January 2022, this clip comes out. Check it out. Everything you're going to see over these next seven months to get rid of the machines, you're going to see the Supreme Court case coming out, all these great things, everybody. By the way, you can find more at frankspeech.com. Oh, there's his mandatory plug. He's got to plug his social media thing every single interview he ever gives, Frank Speech TV. My God. I'll put that little out, put that out there. There are so many. I'm more optimistic today than I have been yesterday, the day before that. It, I'm on an incline like this. Why? Because it's so amazing. All the things that we have, we already have all the pieces of the puzzle. And you talk about evidence. We had enough evidence to put everybody in prison for life, 300 and some million people. Wow, that's interesting, Mike. I'm honestly surprised because that's roughly how many people there are in the U.S. Are you saying that everybody in the U.S. committed voter fraud or whatever? Is that like the message you're trying to communicate? Is it starting to make more sense why the bank decided to close his account personally, his specific account? The guy has been going on tour around the country to every platform he possibly can to spread nonsense for years now, honestly. Since the election, since before the election, I think, he started doing the heavy lifting for Donald Trump, and he's been doing it ever since. He's been pushing this stuff as hard as he can. Election conspiracy theories and general conspiracy theories of all sorts. Why would his bank do such a thing? 
Who can say? We're at a loss for words. Who knows why poor little Mike Lindell has been removed from his accounts at his bank. His bank actually told him exactly why they wanted to remove him. It's because they don't want to deal with the inevitable subpoenas and legal storm that's going to rain down on them as a result of having Mike Lindell as a customer. They don't want to deal with the bad publicity and the legal train wreck that will certainly ensue as a result of the ridiculous things that Mike Lindell is saying. The ridiculous things he's going around the country broadcasting to everybody. Not to mention the fact that the dude is basically using his brand, his MyPillow brand, to sponsor every conspiracy theorist from here to Texas, all the way up into Canada. Every single time I review one of these videos or anytime I'm prepping for the podcast, every time, no matter what, it never fails. I always come across some nutter butter peanut butter sandwich cookie that happens to have a little my pillow affiliate link at the top. Every single time. All of them have my pillow affiliate links. He is sponsoring the most harmful and dangerous people in society today. Okay, this clip came out early February 2022. Why would his bank cancel him? Trolls that are on my Facebook and they go, there's no evidence, Mike, give it up. Um, just go over to Lindell TV and go to the number, Lindell TV too, and you're gonna see Garland on there pouring out the evidence from Georgia. And then, you know, it won't it be funny? Because then it, when Fox says we're all American, when he, when Fox calls the United States of America all the people liars and our great President Donald Trump a liar, we say, well, Fox, wh here, why don't you run this tape on your show instead of Sean Hannity and run it and then and watch the stuff come out? He seems to be almost like in a manic state right now. Something about Mike Lindell. The dude is an ex-addict, and I'm also an ex-addict. I, I got out of that, I don't know, eight years ago now, maybe? Long, long time ago, I got out of that life. But, you know, I was in it for a while, and I feel that I can identify somebody who is strung out, quote-unquote. I don't know that Mike Lindell has relapsed. I don't know that he has. Maybe he hasn't. But what I'm looking at right here looks exactly like somebody who is strung out. I'm not saying that to be offensive to him or, or hurt anybody's feelings or anything. I'm telling you, this is exactly what it looks like, if you were wondering. I don't know if he is. Maybe he's clean. Maybe he's been clean this whole time. But this is what it looks like, if you're wondering. It's the stuff come out. You know, then you, maybe we should get our cyber guys, Brandon, that looked at all the evidence to hook up our stream to Fox's, you know, like they, have, like they all attack, they all attack Lindell TV all the time. We can attack. Can you imagine? This is Sean Hannity all of a sudden. Breaking news right out of Georgia. We can't even put the, the, the evidence pouring in, pouring in Arizona, pouring in Wisconsin. <laughs> and Fox would, you'd have the Murdochs going, oh, no. What are we going to do? The truth is out. We're the liars. <laughs> so not only has his bank canceled him, but Fox Fox News, of all people, refused to run his election conspiracy theories, basically. And he is so upset over that that he's actually talking about hacking Fox News to play some video clips of, I don't know, his election conspiracies, I guess. This is genuinely 
heartbreakingly sad. I am so sorry that he's experiencing this right now. He looks like he looks like he's having a bad day, honestly. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry. I hope that you get your head clear, really. This clip's from mid-February 2022. Check this one out. This is a clip of him talking to a network about sending pillows to the trucker protest in Ottawa, in Canada. Check it out. Hello, we're busy. All our employees are busy making pillows right now for the truckers in Canada. We're going to try and get them through. I'm not going to say what day or you know we'll be, they'll be obstructionists. Okay, so he's telling us he's not going to say when he's sending the pillows because they're going to be obstructionist. Um, I don't think anybody is opposed to you shipping pillows to some other location. Who would be opposed to you sending somebody pillows. I don't think that, you know, if you were like an arms manufacturer, that may be a, a slightly different situation. You're making pillows, bud. I don't think anybody really cares, honestly. Who is this they that you're talking about? Who is going to try to stop you from sending pillows to Canada? You own a, what is it, multi-billion dollar company? I don't know. Maybe multi-million dollar company, at the very least. My pillow is massively big, or was before, you know, it became so controversial. I don't know how big it is now. It wouldn't stand out if you sent pillows over the border. Just send them. But his head is so mired in conspiracy theories, he believes that some amorphous they are going to try to stop him from sending pillows to Canada. Um, yeah, I know you guys are going to be there. Trust me, I, you will be there. I'll let you know, um, and uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be great. You know, I have a plant up in Canada. I have a factory up in Canada, but we can't make enough there because of what happened before. When remember, when I was canceled in the United States, Canada, Canada companies canceled me too. Costco, the Canadian Shopping Channel. So our production went way down a year ago. So this is all a. Uh, I got a little problem with Trudeau, let me tell you. More than, uh, this started with me way back, so. What did Trudeau do? He just described being canceled by a bunch of Canadian companies, right? Uh, Costco, Canadian Shopping Network, whatever else. Where does Trudeau come into this equation? Trudeau is just like, effectively like the Biden of Canada and nothing more right you were canceled by Kohl's Kohl's stopped selling my pillow a while back why would you blame Biden for Kohl's canceling their sale of my pillow that's nonsense why are you blaming Trudeau for Costco not selling my pillow anymore there is no logic being used right now there's no logic in here that's the issue really the guy isn't using logic. Nothing he's doing is based off logic. It's all based off of emotion. It's all emotional response. What brave truckers, and it's going on around the world now. Yeah. It's amazing. We're winning. Saskatchewan and I believe Alberta pulled back their mandates already. There's little victories now already, so we're, they're pulling them back. We're winning. I encourage all the truckers. That is actually inaccurate uh, to my knowledge. You know, I can't even speak to it. I'm not even going to speak to this section because I'd have to research it more. I'm just going to leave it at that. Anyway, let's keep listening. I encourage all the truckers, don't give up and, and say, okay, we'll, we'll compromise halfway. Wait, no, we want all our freedom. This next clip, mid-February 2022, uh, I guess he has a message for the little tots of the trucker protest. He, he has something for the tykes 
in the trucker protest. Give this a listen. He sent a whole truckload of these, to, uh, about, I don't know, a thousand of these, too. Oh, these love. are Bible pillows for the kids up there. Uh, we got Noah's Ark and stuff. So, so Mike Lindell sent Bible-themed pillows to the truckers, uh, to the kids of the truckers, I guess, up in Ottawa in Canada. And then we got the bed pillows. And we had uh, we had just heard that they, you know, they're going to be there for quite a while. And even if they, whatever they're trying to do in Ottawa right now, you know, it is what it is. We're gonna we're gonna get the pillows to them. It is so incredibly sad to see him so invested in things that are absolute nonsense. I'm not talking about the trucker protest now necessarily. I'm talking about his devotion to the election conspiracy theories, refuses to give up on it no matter what. And of course, the trucker protest. This is just another culture war issue that this guy has attached himself to, and it is absolutely heartbreaking to watch. It's absolutely heartbreaking to watch this guy completely melt down on live TV, say he wants to hack Fox News because they refuse to air his conspiracy theories anymore. Pull it together, bro, please, pull it together for your own sake. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, Issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.